This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Praise God. All right, every head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word. We thank you as I come to teach tonight that I'm not depending on human abilities, but I am depending on you. Therefore, I know without doubt you anoint my mind that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you for supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing power and love to each person's mind, bringing understanding from every confusion, and that your, your will enter every heart, causing faith to rise and fear to leave. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory for all that's revealed in a couple of three, a word and by a spirit here today, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Shake somebody by the hand, and you may be seated. My message is titled, How to Experience the Presence of God Whenever You Want to or Desire to. Say that, how to experience the presence of God whenever you desire to or want to. All right, now we're going to look at one reason why the supernatural power of God is revealed in the physical realm, in the physical dimension Let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 1. We're going to look at the dedication of Solomon's temple. 2 Chronicles 5.1. So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the furnishings. And he put them in the treasuries of the house of God. 12, and the Levites, who were the singers, say singers, all those of Asher and Heman and Juthan, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests, sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising, that word salal in Hebrew. So they were in unity. It says they to make one sound in unity. And thanking, that word is yada in the Hebrew. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. So notice this, when they began to praise God, the house is filled with a cloud. Now that's not a rain cloud, that's the glory of God, the Spirit of God revealing Himself in the natural physical world. 14, so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Now it says the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. They fell out under the power of God. They could not stand on their feet. They could not continue ministering to the Lord. So what is ministering to the Lord? It is worship. 
That's what we just read. They were worshiping the Lord. Bible calls it ministering. We just read about the singers and the, and the worship team, all worshiping God, the singers and the musicians. And it says, the Bible says, they could not continue ministering to the Lord because the cloud, the glory of God, filled the house of God. Say this, ministering to the Lord is worshiping God. Worshiping God is ministering to the Lord. Acts 13, 1. Now in the church there was an Antioch. There were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, who had been brought up with, the Herod, with, with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And it says, as they were ministering to the Lord. So what were they doing? They were worshiping God. So that they were worshiping God. They were ministering to the Lord. Uh, and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So, notice this. While they were worshiping God, ministering to the Lord, the Holy Spirit began to move and prophecy came forth. And in the prophecy it said, Separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So we see then that as we minister to the Lord, the Holy Spirit begins to minister to us. They could not stand in the presence of God. They fell out in the power of God, and the Holy Spirit began to minister to them. It's when we worship God and minister to Him that God begins to meet needs supernaturally things begin to happen. Say this, when I minister to God in worship, the Spirit of God comes down and begins to minister to me. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Say this, the Holy Spirit is in me. When Jesus died, the veil in the temple was split from top to bottom. That veil is 40 feet long, 20 feet high, 4 inches thick, and the anointing of God came down and tore that thing in, in, in two from top to bottom. In Acts chapter 2, the same glory that came down on Mount Zion and entered the church, uh, that same glory came out of the temple of Herod, went up to, to the Father, and then came back down in the book of Acts chapter 2 and entered the church. The same glory that was in the Holy of Holies in the temple came down to Mount Zion and entered the church on the day of Pentecost. So now the church is the new temple, so that the church of Jesus is the new temple, and it is the substance. It's the true, the real. The temple of Solomon is a type and a shadow of the church. 
So why did this anointing manifest here in the old temple? Answer, there was no strife or division. There was unity. The Bible says they were as one. Secondly, they were worshiping wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, they were all worshiping God. They were all involved. Nobody was standing around watching. They weren't spectators. They were participators. Amen? So when we do that, and that's one reason why Christian Family Church Johannesburg has such an amazing presence of God in the meetings that our guest speakers from the United States, when they come here, they're all amazed. They say that they've never seen anything like this anywhere around the world. Both Tim Story said that and Clayton said. In all their travels and all their churches they've ever been to, there's no place close to the anointing they experience here when they come at celebration. So they told, both told me that this week sitting there. So I, I want you to understand that. The reason for it is because there's a unity, participation, and worshiping wholeheartedly. That's the reason. You'll see a greater, you'll see a greater glory. You'll step up to the greater glory if you watch that and pay attention to that and invest in that. All right. The Hebrew word for praising in this portion of Scripture is allow. In Strong's, it's number 1985, 1984, sorry, and means an explosion of enthusiasm in the act of praising. Like somebody going to a soccer match where a goal is scored in a World Cup. Everybody just gets totally involved in unity and praising that God scored the goal. That's what God wants to see when we praise him, that kind of enthusiasm. The Hebrew word for thanking in verse 13 is yada, and is Strong's number 3034, and it means to throw up your hands and to shout God's praises so the enemy can hear you. In other words, it means to stand up and praise God in the middle of your problem, in the middle of your challenge. So just like they did at Jericho, they raised their hands, they praised God outside of Jericho's walls because God said, I've given you the city. They were acting as if they'd already conquered the city while the walls were standing simply because God said, I've given you the city. They acted like they already conquered it. So what we have to do is take the promise of God and in the middle of our challenge, lift our hands and praise God just simply because God said it while the walls are standing. In the middle of our problem, forget about the walls, forget about the problem. Just praise God because He says you are healed. He says you are prosperous. He says He'll protect you. He said He'll guide you. He'll give the answers to you. He'll take care of you. So you take that promise and you praise Him for it and you'll see God set you free, deliver you and answer your prayers. The unity and praise is one of the keys that open doors to the manifest presence of God in our lives. Amen?
Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house of God, filled the temple. And the priest could not enter because of the cloud, because the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. So you see then that while they were praising God and dedicating the temple, the Spirit of God came in and filled the house. And the priest could not enter because of the Lord, because of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Now, when Kenneth E. Hagen was a 17-year-old boy, young man, he was very ill, born with a deformed heart and deformed inside intestine, inside his entire chest area was deformed. He also had a blood disease. Uh, and several other things that were seriously wrong, and any one of those problems would kill him. And uh, before he accepted Jesus as his Savior, lying in bed, he was about to die, he'd been bedridden for some time, some months. His spirit left his body in death, and he descended down, 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 down into the fires of hell. He saw the gates of hell, and uh, as he was about to go into the gates of hell, he heard a voice. He didn't know what it was saying, but he heard a voice, and it shook the whole of hell. And this demon's giant demon that was about to grab him and take him into the fire stepped back in shock, and Kenneth Hagin began to rise and go back up and entered back into his body. And then he spoke to his grandmother and said, Please go and call my mother. I'm dying. I want to say goodbye to her. So she was on the veranda outside praying up a storm so loud that people could hear her two blocks away, screaming and praying in the spirit for Kenneth Hagin. And uh, so that experience happened to him three times. The third time he was going down, he cried out to Jesus and asked Jesus to save him. And he gave his life to the Lord. And he came up out of hell, out the floor, entered his mouth, into his body. And uh, he's lying in the bed, and just then, uh, a little while later, his mother came in to see him, and his, 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 his grandmother. And <clears throat> they explained to him what happened in the process of all this going on. His mother said that his grand came to call him, uh, call her on the veranda, and said, Ken's dying and is calling for you. And she came down the passage and she could not get into the doorway of the room. There was a mist in the room and she could not enter. And so she stepped back and she ran and she hit that mist and bounced off of it. Then she went all the way down the passage and ran as fast as she could and bounced off of that mist. Could not go in. Until such time it subsided, went in and then spoke to him. And he said to her, then, I've given my life to Jesus. I'm not going to die right now. And it was an amazing story.
Now, <clears throat> I shared with you what happened here on, um, <clears throat> I think it was Friday night. I see it was Friday night. While um, Jay, Clayton Jennings was sitting on that chair out there, I came up to the platform after praise and worship, and I said, turn your phone on and film this, your camera, because something wild is going to happen. And uh, <clears throat> I didn't know exactly what it was. I just knew the Spirit of God was going to do something very spectacular. And I came forward and I said, the glory of God is here. And uh, the Spirit of God is moving mightily in the meeting. And uh, then when I sat down afterwards, he showed me the video right here in front of me from the floor to the roof about 20 feet wide was a white cloud turning up and down like a cylinder. And it was glowing with light, glowing. And there was no other cloud anywhere else except here. Amen? And um, so we've had that glory in the church from time to time here in, San in Janisburg. Several times the glory has appeared and people have seen it, uh, even recently. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For His good, for His mercy endures forever. So people outside the building, outside the temple, on the pavement, could see the fire on the temple. The fire of God, the glory of God on the temple. And I guess if that happened today, that a fire department would send the engine down here and try and put it out. Um, the glory of the Lord is revealed and manifest through worship. That's one way. One way. And I'll encourage you, if you have a problem in life, just do that. Get along with God, go into your bedroom. Just lift your hands and sing and praise and worship God as long as you want to. And you'll sense the presence of God will come into your, your room. And when the glory of God comes in, you can have that cloud in your bedroom. You can have it in your bedroom. Anywhere you are, the glory will come down and be with you. So you can walk in the power of God. Amen? You know, um, I want to mention something here because I believe it's, it's going to be helpful. How many of you were here on Friday night at that Friday night meeting? There was a lady standing right here that had no leg, one leg missing. Do you remember that? Okay. So um, I said to her, she wanted me to pray that God will give her a new leg. And I said to her, I don't have the faith to believe God for that. And uh, I said to her, do you? And at first she said, she doesn't think so. And uh, she was sincere. And then I explained to the congregation how healings work. You can receive it by your faith or by the gift of faith. Now what operates in my life, in my ministry, is the gift of faith, work in miracles, gifts of healings, and the word of knowledge. And those gifts work together in harmony. And I've seen great miracles take place like that. 
And I explained to the congregation, if God had said to me, pray for her leg, then I'd have supernatural faith given to me. Because I know when God says do it, and I do it, it's because he wants to heal them. You understand that? So that's when the gift of faith comes in, which is a stronger faith than your natural faith. And I'll give you some examples of creative miracles. Oh, about 25 years ago, in the old building in Elansfontein, we had a round platform back in those days, and it was right in the center of the church. How many of you remember that? So I, uh, I was on the platform, and the Spirit of the Lord said to me, I came down, I was standing just a few feet from the front row, and the Spirit of the Lord said to me, there's a woman here who had cancer in her breast and had it removed, had the breast cut off. I want you to pray for her, She's, you know, her breast is going to grow back on. So, I was standing there, just like two paces from the front row, and I said, there's a woman here. You had cancer and you had your breast removed. God wants to give you a new breast. Where are you? And the woman right in the front row put up her hand. And I'm standing, I'm standing from here to the microphone from her. She puts her hand up and says, that me. That took my breast off. So I said to Pastor Bev, put your hands on her breast. I put my hand on her head. We prayed for her. And I said to her, by the Spirit, your breast will grow back on just like it did when you were a teenager. Just like it did. Complete. So, I did not know this, but about two years later, Dr. Stephen Barry called me. He says, I'm at the airport in Cape Town. I'm about to go on board a plane here. And uh, I'm sitting with a woman that says she knows you, that you prayed for her two years ago to receive a new breast. Do you remember that? And I said, I most certainly do. She said, we'd like to talk to her. I said, sure. So I spoke to her. She said, I said to her, what's happened to you? She says, well, I've got a brand new breast, just like you said. So I said to her, we'd like to fly you and your husband to Johannesburg to come testify. And she came. She told us the whole story, exactly how it grew back on. And then she said, she went to the doctor that took the surgeon. The, the breast off, and he's a Jewish doctor. And they have a private clinic. There's about four or five doctors working in that clinic. And she says she went to that doctor and asked him to examine her breast, which he cut off. So when he saw this, and he checked his records, he knew the woman, totally blew his mind, he looked at this breast and he thought, this is, this is somebody's done a great job of plastic surgery. So he said to her, may I touch it? So she says, sure. So he takes the breast, he pushes it around, and then he says, may I pull it? So he's pulling it and pulling it, and then he just walks out of the room. Next minute, 
four or five other doctors come back with him. And he says, there it is, there it is. And they're just looking. So he says, I removed that breast. That's a new one. I didn't say a word, they just looked. He says, I promise you, I removed it. They're just looking. And they turn around and they start walking out. He's running off them. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I removed the breast. He's running off the doctors. I did, I did. They walked out. They didn't believe it. How do you remember that story? How many of you happened to be there at the time? Anybody? How many of you remember them testifying? Anybody? Not many. Okay. You do. And you do. And you do. Okay. Some others do, yeah. It was about 25 years ago. Uh, there was a supernatural creative miracle that was the working gift of the working of miracles. The same as the leg growing up. Same gift. But I heard God say, do it, so I had faith to do it. Did you see that? All right. Another time, there was a woman in the church. I never knew her. This is going back 30 years ago, even longer. Her name was Marcel. I didn't know her at the time. And I said, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, there's a, there's a person, a woman here, who has no roof in her mouth. No roof in her mouth that you can put your tongue, I said, through your, up into your nose. No palate. I said, God's healing you right now. Just say, that's me. She said, that's me. I didn't know where she was. Big crowd in church. I said, you'll feel like a gouged door slides down. You'll feel your roof of your mouth closing right now. So as I said that, there was a scream at the back of the church. And I said, I could see somebody, and I said, now look, come down here. I recognize, I guess it's her. So I said, come down. So she staggered down, hardly being able to walk to the front. And she testified that she could actually put her tongue into her nose. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> but now... It's closed. She has a roof in her mouth, a palate in her mouth. Totally healed. And I don't know if anybody remembers that story. Quite a few. All right. I think her name was Marcel. Is that right? If I remember correctly. There was a creative miracle. The gift of the working of miracles. It's not healings. It's the gift of the working of miracles. Combined with the gift of the word of knowledge. So I knew by the word of knowledge. So the thing is, when God speaks to me, then I'm able to say it in faith because the gift of faith comes. A greater level of faith than I have in my own ability. So the gift of faith, gifts of working in miracles, and the word knowledge work together to make that happen. Is this making sense? I'll give you several cases. Uh, let's see. Well, just here in this church, you might have seen the video. Um, Last year, uh, I, I was praying, and uh, the Spirit of the Lord said to me while I was at home praying, here in, 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 in Jasper, that there's going to be a woman in the church, in the service, who has a deformed bone structure, her chest is small, 
too small for her lungs to breathe and expand. And she was born that way. And the Lord said, she'll be in church today with this structure of her chest, too small for her body. I want you to call it out. I'm going to heal her. So I came to church and I forgot about it. I, I always usually do that. I just forget about it. The reason being that the Holy Spirit will speak to me. And then I'll say, oh, yes, okay, fine. Then I know it's definitely God and he definitely wants me to do it. So I put it out, I forget about it, and here he tells me again. So I say, okay, there's, there's a person here today. You're born with a deformed chest. Your chest is too small for your lungs, and uh, God's healing you right now. You'll feel your chest expanding, your bones healing, and uh, come down here. And she came down, she testified. She was a Muslim lady. You might have seen the video. How many of you have seen that video? Okay. So she testified that she felt like a laser in her chest, the heat. A laser cutting the bones and expanding her chest. And she's been to all sorts of doctors and physicians and whatever have you. Nothing ever helped all her life. And she's a Muslim woman. God healed. God saved. And, um, and she's perfectly normal. So that is, again, the word of knowledge, gift of the word, uh, working of miracles, and the gift of faith and operation. So if God had said to me, there's a woman here who has no leg, pray for her, I'll give her a new leg. I'd have no problem doing that because I know God said it. I'm just going to do what he says. He wouldn't tell me to do it if he wasn't going to heal her. So that's, I said to her, Unless the gifts of the Spirit operate, I can't do it. I just don't have the faith at the moment. My faith's growing, but I didn't have the faith to believe God for a leg to grow out right now. So then uh, I said, do you have it? And she says, yes. Second time, first time, I don't know. Second time, yes. Well, now think about that. If she did have the faith for her own healing, she wouldn't have to come up here for me to pray for her. Right? Do you see that? So she didn't have it, nor did I. And I regret that, but I'm saying to you, by faith, I believe we're going to get there. We're going to see legs grow on, arms grow on, where there aren't any. I'm, I'm reaching out for that, because I believe all things are possible to him that believeth. And I rejoice with that dear lady that couldn't speak English, God healed her. She got out the wheelchair tonight, and she pushed me in the chair. I rejoice with that. Amen, don't you? Praise God. So, we are seeing the Lord do great things, but I believe if we worship God privately, collectively, sincerely, wholeheartedly, we are going to see the greater glory, the greater miracles in this house. Can you agree with me? All right, praise God. Well, I am up. My time's up. I hope you enjoyed that little, me that little message. Praise the Lord. Let's give Jesus some praise in the house. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. 
If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 